0: Hello everyone. My name is Brian Sparks and I'm the lead pastor at One Church in Texas. This is the One Church podcast. Welcome and thanks for tuning in. I pray that this message encourages you and that in our time together you encounter Jesus and that your life will never be the same. You got a Bible turn to 2 Corinthians 5:17. 2 Corinthians 5:17. And um, next week I think next week we go to four services y'all. Four services. Uh, I, and I, I'll just talk to my, uh, here in, not, not in Sulphur Springs, you all are in two, you are about to go to three, not too long, but four, four in, here in Caddo, and I always tell you, if you ever find yourself in Sulphur Springs, if you ever find yourself and it's a really full room all the time, you need to be thinking, can I go to a different service? And so if you call one church, your uh, church home, and you're here in Caddo Mills, you prayerfully consider for you and your family to make 1245 your service. On. Amen. The, everybody just calm down. Don't celebrate too much. Come on, we just cheered 76 baptisms. Come on, we gotta make room. We gotta make room. And you know how we do we do that by partnering. We, we are doing this together. Amen. And uh, anyway. All right, 2 Corinthians 5:17. You ready? Here we go. Therefore, if anyone say anyone, anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is. A new creature, born and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual conditions have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. If you're taking notes today, you can title today's message in this series, Graced to Change. Come on, on, you're graced. You're graced for it. You, you ha- God, put it on the inside of you. You can change. Amen, Lord. Right now, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's sharper than every two edged sword. I thank you that every ear and here is is open and receptive to hear your word. They did not come to hear a word from me. They come to hear a word from you. So, Lord, use me to speak to the hearts and lives of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus name, and everybody said. Amen. You know, uh, just, just quickly help me out. By show of hands, how many of you would say uh, that you're an uh, opinionated person? Anybody in here opinionated about anything? Okay, the rest of you are liars. I have an opinion about you. You're a liar. How many of you are married to an opinionated person? Anybody show me, show me your hands. There you go. Some of y'all are dead. Y'all are in so much trouble when you get home. How how many of you are married to an opinionated person, but you're afraid to raise your hand? Just raise your hand. (laughs) Just blink twice if you need help. (laughs) We have strong opinions, right? I actually had somebody over to my house uh, for dinner not too long ago, and we were having hamburgers and hot dogs, and I, I put out... You know, mustard, mayo, ketchup, and they threatened to disown me because I had Duke's mayonnaise instead of Hellman's mayonnaise. I didn't even know that there was, who cares? It's mayo, right? Like mayonnaise is mayonnaise, right? It's not, I don't understand. Some people are very, let me, come on, let me just hear you cheer for, for this. How many of you would say, I, I'm an iPhone person? Yeah. How many Android psychos? Walmart, Target, Dr. Pepper, Coca-Cola, Mountain Vacation, Beach Vacation, those are my people. Those are my people. Houston Texans. Dallas Cowboys! Texas Aggies! Longhorns! See, this is how I know that my work here is not done. I've got to keep preaching the gospel. Look how many unsaved people. You have an opportunity at the end of this service to give your life to Jesus. If we're honest, we all have opinions. We have strong opinions about what we like, the things that we enjoy, right? We have, we, we have brand loyalty about brands that don't even pay us money. Like, but we're very loyal to certain things, right? Like, there's, there, how many, come on, how many Ford people? Hey. Chevy people? Hey. Like, they're not giving you free trucks? I drive what's paid for, y'all, ha, <laughs> ha. Here's the thing: is that we're opinionated, and we don't just stop with what we like. We also are opinionated about things that we believe. Come on. Like, and some of us are raised by by in, in different backgrounds. Maybe some of you never had been in church, and now you're in church, and and so you you kind of like this is your first experience. But some of you came from different backgrounds, and so if I went around the room and began to ask you this question, "Is God a God of laws?" I would get a lot of opinions that would say, "Absolutely." And then I would, I, if I ask you, is God a God of grace? I would get a lot of opinions that would say, absolutely. Right. That, there would be differing opinions. Like there's, 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 there's people that believe, like, I believe that God is all law and I believe that God is all grace. Like there's two differing opinions. And, and, and I love this passage of scripture in John 1.14. It says this, and the word became flesh, it's talking about Jesus, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his uh, his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Listen, full of grace and truth. So can I tell you that if I ask you the question, is God a God of laws? The answer is yes. And then if I ask you the question, is God a God of grace? The answer is yes. Why? Because grace and truth go hand in hand. And I would just like to submit to you that you cannot accept God's grace without accepting his truth. Like grace and truth go hand in hand. And when I, when I acknowledge his truth, I accept his grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Can I tell you that you are saved by grace through faith? You cannot give yourself to salvation, like you can't give your way to salvation, you can't, you can't serve your way to salvation, you can't behave your way to salvation, you can't be holy enough to earn God's love and God's grace and God's salvation for your life. You can't you can't become holy enough to earn your way into heaven, like there's nothing that you can do except accepting God's grace, for it is by grace through faith that I am saved. It is a gift of God. That means that I can't earn a gift. You can't earn a gift. The only thing that you can do is receive it. Come on. You can only be saved by putting your faith in Jesus Christ and by receiving his grace. But here's the thing. But after you are saved, the change that has happened on the inside of you should start showing up on the outside of you. Let me, let me put it this way. You don't have to change to become a follower of Jesus. But you do change because you are a follower of Jesus. Are y'all with me? Yes, sir. You don't have to change. Like, you don't, you don't have to like you're, you're gonna have an opportunity to accept Jesus at the end of this service at both locations. You don't have to change. Well, I'm gonna clean up, I'm gonna get right. I always tell people, you don't take a bath before you take a shower. Come on. You just you it's a free gift. I come as I, I am. But eventually what happens is, is there's a change that happened on the inside so now then there's a change that's t- taking place on the outside. John 1.17 says this, for the law was given through Moses but grace, the unearned, undeserved favor of God and truth came through Jesus Christ. I can't tell you how many times I have conversations with people and they'll say, pastor, I need to meet with you. And they, they come in and they, they'll, they will we'll have the same conversation. And I always kind of know it's coming and they'll, uh, usually cause they come in and they're mad at me and they'll be like, I saw that this is in the Bible and I don't understand like, why is this in the Bible? And I'm always like, Susan, first off, <laughs> I didn't write the Bible. Secondly, I can't change it. Yeah. Come on. Like, why are you mad at me? Because something that God said offended you. Come on. Like, it's God's word. God put it there. I didn't put it there. I didn't, I didn't write it in there and be like, because oh, I'll just tell you that if, there were, if I could change it, there'd be some things that I changed. Like you, your, your struggles are not my struggles, but there's some things that I, like I would be like, hey, you, loving your enemies? Nah, let's get rid of that. <laughs> Do good to those that spitefully use you? No, egg their house. Thank you. <laughs> let's write that in there. Slash tires, egg house. Either or, or both end. <laughs> Forgive those that hurt you? Nope. I'm texting y'all. I get even with those that hurt me. There's a lot of things that I would change if I was writing the word of God. But here's the thing is that I didn't write it. And so God has graced me to change. As soon as I accept the free gift of God, uh, of salvation in my life, then God empowers me to change. His grace empowers you to change. My truth doesn't matter anymore. God's truth matters. Romans 6, 1 through 2. Y'all ready? What shall we say to all of this? Should we continue in sin and practice sin as a habit so that God's gift of grace may increase and overflow? Certainly not. How can we, the very ones who died to sin, continue to live in it any longer? See, once I become a Christian, the Holy Spirit starts messing with me. Like, I'll just let you know there's things that I used to could do that I can't do anymore. There's things that I used to could watch that I can't watch anymore. I'm not here to judge you or tell you what you can and can't. I let the whole, I found out a long time ago, I'm a really bad Holy Spirit. Like I've been trying to change my wife for years, and it ain't worked once. (laughs) I just let God work on the inside, but but there's things that I used to do that I can't do anymore. Why? Because God is at work in my life. God, God is changing me little by little. The Bible says this, that we are transformed from glory to glory. That means that there's a transformation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Salvation happens in a moment. Sanctification happens over a lifetime. See, the difference in salvation is this is where I I receive God's free grace and and his his free gift of salvation. But there's another thing that happens. As a Christian and as a follower of Jesus, sanctification begins to happen. And that's where I'm transformed little by little. I'm changed a little bit at a time. I'll just tell you right now that you will never be sinless, but you should start sinning less. You should start to have more used to's than you have still do's. (laughs) If you have a lot of still do's, come on, you've been saved for 10 years and you still do everything that you did when you got saved. Can I tell you at the end of this service, you have an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Because what? God transforms me. God begins to change me. It's not overnight. It happens a little bit at a time. Crystal and I, um, when we, she decided that she was ready to have a baby, and I was all in because I knew what it takes to make a baby. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. She was like, Hey, I want to, I want to have a, I'm ready for, let's have a baby. And so she got pregnant and, um, tragically, uh, a few, uh, like a month in, she had a miscarriage. It was very, very hard season, uh, difficult season for us. And, and then, uh, a couple, uh, a few months later, we actually went to Southern California to visit her grandpa. And, uh, we were, while we were there, um, uh, she, she, we got on the plane. I never will forget it. We got on the plane and she goes, uh, I'm pregnant. And I was like, What? She's like, yeah, I'm pregnant. And I was like, did you take a pregnancy test? She's like, no. I'm like, uh, then how do you know? She's like, I don't know, I just know. Something feels different. So, something, something's different. I don't know what it is, but I know that I'm pregnant. Sure enough, we get home, she takes a pregnancy test and finds out, yeah, she's, she's definitely pregnant. You know, we're all excited and we're celebrating and it's, it's gonna be amazing, it's gonna be good. And uh, we set up a doctor's appointment. Go to the doctor. They confirm that she is pregnant. She starts eating different. She starts getting enough sleep, like she starts getting plenty of rest. She starts taking prenatal vitamins, like she never taken those before. Now, then, all of a sudden, she needs them, and she's taking them. And here's the thing that that all along I just had to take her word for it that she was pregnant because she didn't look any different to me. She she didn't look. She there was no change that had taken place. There was nothing different other than the way that she behaved and other than the way that she ate. Like, there wasn't really a change. She just walked around and said, you know, when people say, oh, they're glowing, I don't see no glow. <laughs> no change happened on the, ins- uh, on the outside, and, 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 but there was something happening on the inside. And then the day happened when she had the little baby bump. Y'all know what y'all, the little cute little bump, like it's just barely there. Like, and now then I'm starting to see a transformation happen on the outside that had started on the inside a long time ago. Y'all get where I'm going with this. Come on, there's a moment that happens in salvation and, and there might not be a change in you immediately. Everybody else might not notice it, but man, you you, you start getting some different desires and some things start like, man, I don't want to do that anymore. I got a hunger to go to church and I got a hunger to be in God's word and I, I don't know what it is. I want to worship him and be in, I just want to spend time in his presence and people are going like, what's going on with you? But you still cuss a little. You're still a little bit crazy, right? Like, but, but, but you keep letting God work on the inside of you and all of a sudden, there comes a time in your life where what is on the inside will be birthed on the outside. And now that I give birth to love and I give birth to joy and I give birth to peace and patience, good Lord, help me with patience, I give birth to self-control and kindness. Like the fruit of the Spirit begins to be Shown out in my life. And it's something, why? Because a seed was sown on the inside of me. And because that seed was sown inside my heart, the seed of eternity was sown into my heart. Now then all of a sudden, there comes a day when what was on the inside becomes evident to everyone on the outside. You know that 65% of Americans claim to be Christians? 65%. That's a lot of people. Just, just, just put that in context of your workplace. Like, 65% of your coworkers say that they're Christian. I mean, 100% of my coworkers are Christian. I mean, we think. Just saying. If the rapture happens and one of them aren't there, they got some explaining to do. But it it makes me ask this question. Are you claiming to be a Christian because you're following Jesus? Are you claiming that you're a Christian because you're applying his teachings to your life? Are you claiming to be a Christian because you're letting him transform you? and change you? Or are you claiming to be a Christian because you raised your hand at the end of a service and then you went out and lived however you wanted to live? Again, there's a change that happened on the inside and eventually it'll start showing up on the outside. There's, there's, you give birth to the fruit of the Spirit. Some people have been a Christian f- for years, and there's no change. There's no fruit. But they go around, and they say, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. But are you? Matthew four nineteen says this. And Jesus is talking. And he said, follow me as my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking the same path of life that I walk. And I will make you fishers of men. I love this so much because Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. So Jesus is letting us know that my job is to do the following and his job is to do the making like religion always wants to do this. Religion always wants to put the do before the who like you need to do. You need to straighten up and fly right, buddy. Like you need to behave yourself, you need to take, like you, you need to stop doing all the stuff that you're doing and then maybe you'll be good enough and you can come to Jesus like it, after you get your life worked out and everything. No, you, what you're doing is, is you're putting the do before the who. Right. But what Jesus said is just put the who, me, in the right place and the do will fall into place. Like, like, I will start doing things differently. Why? Because I'm following Jesus. I'm walking after Jesus. I, I, I'm, I'm taking steps with him. I'm following his path. And in the following of Jesus, I become more and more like him every single day. I've got good news. Jesus loves every one of you exactly the way that you are. But i got bad news. He loves you too much to leave you that way. Come on, come on. He wants to change you. He wants to transform you. Yes. Again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Jesus wants to change you into a new creation. Jesus wants to change your priorities. Jesus wants to change your desires, Jesus wants to change your way of thinking. Jesus wants to change your alignments and Jesus for sure wants to change your attitude. Like Jesus wants to transform us into a new creation. Like this isn't something that, that, that's easy all the time. And God looks at every one of us and he knows that we aren't who we need to be and, he's not, and we aren't how we need to be. But he sees who we can be. When Jesus showed up on the shore to a man named Simon, who would later become Peter. And he said, follow me and I will make you. You know, in that moment, Jesus knew who Peter was. In that moment, Jesus knew that Peter would put his foot in his mouth on a regular basis. He knew that Peter would say really dumb stuff. He knew that Peter would say something and he'd say, hey, Satan, get behind. Like, this is, he knew that Peter would do that. He knew that Peter would run away when the soldiers came to get Jesus to take him to be crucified. Jesus in that moment knew that Peter would be sitting around a campfire and would deny Jesus three times. Did I ever knew him? I don't know who you're talking about. He knew that. Sitting on the shore that day, he looked at a man and he saw all of that and he called him anyway, follow me and I will make you because Jesus didn't just see those faults. Jesus saw the Peter that would step out of a boat onto a raging sea and walk on water. Peter saw uh, Jesus saw a Peter that would stand up on the day of Pentecost and preach the gospel and see 3000 people give their life to Jesus that day. Jesus saw the Peter that would be walking by a gate called Beautiful and see a lame man and say silver and gold have I none but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ rise up and walk. Jesus saw the Peter that would be in prison and tortured for the gospel that he preached. Jesus saw the Peter that would give his life preaching that gospel. See, I love the fact that God sees the me that I can be. That he doesn't see the faults and the failures and the mistakes and go, I'm just gonna write them off. No, he's graced me to change. He says, I'm telling you right now, I can call you up higher. And the reason why he talks to me about things that used to not bother me and now they bother me is because he's going, you're better than that. It's not who you are. You're different. You're a new creation. See, it's not condemnation. It's conviction. He's not beating me up. He's calling me higher. He's graced me change Jeremiah 18 2 through 6 I got to move quickly arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words then I went down to the potter's house God wants to God wanted the prophet to see the story and there he was making something at the wheel and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter so he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O oh, house of Israel, come on, a oh, one church. O oh, Mikey. O oh, Zachary, can I not do with you as this potter? Look as the clay is in the potter's hand. So are you in my hand. Can I tell you, friend, that God wants to shape you? That God wants to mold you? That God wants to make you into a new creation? But there's two choices that you have to make if you want to be formed into what God is calling you to be. Quickly, number one, you have to choose to stay in his word. In Psalms 119, 105, it says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Can I tell you that you need God's word to guide you? You need God's word to lead you. You need God's word in your life. It's not enough for you to come to church just on Sundays and and be like, okay, well, I'm good for the week. No, you need his word every single day to lead you and to guide you and to direct you. God's word shows me and shapes me God's word strengthens me and encourages me. And God's word transforms me. I I always try to make it really easy for people because sometimes people are like, I just don't know what to do. If you have no, like if you never spend any time in the word of God throughout the week, can I tell you, download the free Bible app and just start meditating on the verse of the day. Like I'm gonna, every day, I'm gonna gonna get that streak going, y'all. And I'm going, to read the, I'm going to read the verse and I'm going to just put it in my heart. God, I, I thank you. I'm, you're so in man, it. it Maybe you, I, I, I love this. As we, we say this often. You've heard it. Take the first 15. Take the first 15 minutes of your day and don't watch TikTok. Don't scroll Instagram. For sure, don't get on Facebook. On. <laughs> take the first 15 minutes of your day and spend it with God. But what do I do? Spend five minutes in worship. Spend five minutes in prayer. Spend five minutes in his word. And I'm telling you, your life will never be the same. God will begin to transform you and change you little by little as we stay in his word. If you're like, well, I don't even know where to start, pastor, I wanna start reading. Just start in the New Testament in the book of John. I know this is practical in the book of John. Read till you hit Revelations and then do a U-turn and go right back to John. And start over. Am I saying Revelations isn't good? No, I'm just saying get the basics down. Amen? It's through consistent time in God's presence and God's word that I'm allowing him to change me into a new creation. Number two, choose to stay on the will. Again, we go back to... Here we are on the potter's wheel, and God is shaping us, and God is molding us, and God is creating in us a new thing. And if clay wants to be shaped, it must remain on the wheel. And if we want to be shaped by God, then we got to stay on His wheel. Can I tell you, stop hopping off the wheel? You're you're on the wheel on Sunday, but then on Monday, you're off the wheel. Don't hop off the wheel. Let God shape you every single day. Everything's good in my life, I'm on the wheel. Everything's bad, I'm off the wheel. I love everybody, I'm on the wheel. She made me man, I'm off the wheel. Like stop hopping off the wheel. Like, every day is a day for God to shape me. Every day is a day for God to mold me. I'm not going to let offense or unforgiveness or bitterness or anger, I'm not going to let that change Like what God is doing on the inside of me. God shaped me and mold me. Being shaped isn't always fun. Sometimes God messes with stuff in me, and I'm like, you better get behind me, Lord. Like, I don't want to do that. Stop making excuses. Well, you know that's just who I am. That's just my personality. You know I'm an Enneagram Eight, (laughs) so I get to be rude to people. Stop justifying your carnality, and say, God, I want to be on the wheel. I want you to shape me. I want you to mold me. I want you to create me to be something different. I want you. I want to be made into a new creation. I really do want old things the things that I used to do, the things that I desired, things that I wanted to do, I want those things to pass away. And I want new things to take their place. Can I pray with you, Lord, right now? I thank you for every person in here, Lord. God, you see their potential. You don't just see the flaws and the faults and the mistakes, but God, you see the potential. And Lord, I just thank you that today even today you're calling people up higher God that you're extending grace for them to change some of you you're like man there's some things in my life that God's been messing with me about convicting me about dealing with me about and I need to change those can I tell you friend that he's graced you to change that old things really can pass away and all things can become new So, Lord, I thank you right now for your grace, for your love, and your mercy. That, Jesus, you are both grace and truth. And, Lord, we receive both of them right here and right now. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye still closed, no one's looking around. Maybe you're in this place You say, Brian, I don't know Jesus. I've never asked him into my heart. I've never asked him to be the Lord of my life, but today I want to. Maybe you're here and you say, Brian, I've prayed that prayer, but I've walked away from my relationship with Jesus. I'm not living like I know that I need to be living. Today I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. I need to get back on the wheel. I need to start letting him shape me and mold me again. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. And I am going to ask you, I'm going to count to three. And when I hit three, I want you to be bold enough to slip your hand up wherever you are. You can put it right back down. We're going to pray a prayer together as a church family. And I believe this. If you pray this prayer, if you believe it in your heart, your life will never be the same. Say, Brian, that's me. I need Jesus in my life for the first time, one. Brian, today I'm rededicating my life to Jesus, too. Brian, will you pray that prayer with me? Three, just lift your hands wherever you are. See those hands. God loves you, friend. God loves you, friend. Can we pray this prayer together as a church family? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Take my sin. And by your grace, I take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. I hold nothing back. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, can we give it up for every person that prayed that prayer? Hey, if you prayed that prayer, we are so excited. We want to celebrate with you. If you would do us a big favor and text the keyword DECIDED to 903-634-7135. Again, that's DECIDED to 903-634-7135. One of our amazing team wants to hear from you. Make sure you have everything you need as you continue in this incredible journey of faith, the next steps that you need to take in this journey of faith. And if you need a Bible, we want to get a Bible to you. So please let us know, 903-634-7135. We love you. Have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening to this message. A special thanks to those who give generously to One Church. It's because of you that lives are being impacted all over the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit subscribe for more messages like this. Share this with a friend. Post it on social media. And be sure to tag us at I am one Church. Thanks again for listening.